0: to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started
1: on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Monday August the 8th, 2022. Praise be to God. Here's a question. Are Catholic missionaries these days just social workers? Or are they still preaching and sharing the good news, the gospel message, trying to win souls for Christ? We're going to have that conversation today with Father Dan Leary from the World Villages for Children. Coming up at 35 past the hour. They seem to be doing incredible work in parts that you probably don't want to go to around the world. And we're going to get that uh, from Father Dan Leary. Also, this morning as I was driving in, I passed the scene of someone who was shot and killed. And there were, I don't know, that's probably the most police officers I've seen in one place in a very, very long time. And it made me think, and I checked the news reports this morning. Over the weekend, 45 people were shot from Friday to Sunday morning in the city of Chicago. And I wondered what the most deadliest cities were. We're going to cover the most deadliest cities and the safest cities at 15 past this hour. I wonder if your city is on one or the other of those, uh, those lists. So stick around to find out. Also in the top of the next hour, if you can join us, Dr. Paul Kengor, our friend from Grove City College, poli-sci professor, he put out an article on The Spectator on Dick's Sporting Goods. Do you shop there? No, neither do I. But nonetheless, they are supporting abortion with their dollars that they collect from their customers. We're going to talk about that with Dr. Paul Kengor. Lots in the news, of course. Hey, two Senate Republicans have introduced a proposal to stop the Chinese Communist Party from purchasing farmland in the United States. Now, if they could only do that with Bill Gates, yeah, that'd be a winner. Hey, a 12-year-old Archie uh, Battersby has unfortunately died after a U.K. hospital has removed him from life support. We may be getting somebody on ...about that story later this week, so stick around. And this, is a, and this next story is an incredibly disgusting story. A Georgia homosexual couple have been arrested for using their two adopted children to make child pornography, according to the local police there. That's gross. Uh, VP Harris uh, breaks the tie, and the Senate has now passed the Inflation Reduction Act Climate Tax and Spending Bill. So I guess you have to spend more to reduce inflation? Seems to work, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Hey, Bishop Barron. So many people love Bishop Barron. He has now come out with a piece on Word on Fire's website uh, slamming Catholic Joe Biden for his public support for abortion in spite of his own private so-called belief and in, uh, in what he says is conception or begin, life beginning at conception. Barron says, this is so much nonsense. So, lots of stories in the news today to cover. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. I hope you had a good weekend. I know I did. It was fantastic. Really? F- fantastic is a big word. Yeah. Do you mean just like it was satisfactory? Yes. Like it was just okay? It was... Like, it, it, it got the job done? It was magical. Is it because you did the honey-do list, or... <laughs> like,
3: like, how does it work over there? Uh, no, I, I just realized, you know, mm-hmm. I'm at the point now yeah. where my daughter actually mm-hmm. cares for me. She, what? She thinks... It's too early in the game. She's like, whoa, I actually have a father now, and she... <sighs> seeks me out it's very yeah, interesting I, it's not even you're not even so, close to I'm being on, ready for that i'm
2: on cloud nine are it's you great like she just she recognized you or something maybe <laughs> like a little bit of hug and she's and you're like you out She's got you wrapped around your, her pinky
3: finger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, if you're confused, dear listener, mm. uh, my, my little one-year-old daughter, up until this point, has neglected me. She <laughs> doesn't want to be around me. <laughs> she doesn't even know who you she's are attached until she's to mom. three or four. I know. She's attached to mom, and now she's actively looking for me, which is very interesting. Uh, so yeah. I'm happy about that. <laughs> Speaking of looking,
2: Adrian Fonseca is here on The Ones and Twos. Good morning to Adrian. Howdy, howdy.
4: Praise be to God. It's good to be here. What were you looking for? What was I looking for? Yeah.
2: What do you mean? I don't know. What were you looking
4: for? Quo Vadis. Quo Quo Vadis. I'm not looking for anything. Wow. I found everything I need. Really? Yep. Did you uh, sell all you had to purchase that? I got Jesus. Mm. And I got... uh, I got the mm. little light of mine, and I'm <laughs> going to let it shine. <laughs> the great pearls. I'm not going to hide it under <laughs> a book. That should be price. a tune. No, you should no, put that to some, some music
2: it. and sing that,
4: I think. And I think yeah. I'm going to write a song. It's a good yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's a good song? Uh-huh. I just, just invented it right now.
2: Hey, <laughs> coming up in the after show, I have a major life-changing revelation to share with you. I'm going to be retiring soon, and I'll let you know what I'll be doing in the after show, which is the second half of the second hour. So tune in if you would like to know... Uh, Big changes, huge, humongous changes coming for the McLean family. So uh, yeah, tune in on grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks
3: for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, August 8th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Epic Times reports Senate passes Democrats' health and climate bill. The bill came to the floor about one week after Manchin announced he came to an agreement with Schumer in what is believed to be an attempt to boost Democrats' and Biden's chances during the 2022 midterms amid months of negative polling. Biden's original climate and social measure collapsed after it was opposed by Manchin, who said it was too costly and would fuel inflation. The estimated $740 billion package goes next to the House for consideration. The Pillar reports Nicaraguan parish remains under siege after police raid. The standoff began Monday evening as Nicaraguan police attempted to seize radio broadcast equipment from a Catholic radio station shut down by the regime of President Daniel Ortega, which has in recent months escalated a crackdown on political critics in the country, including those within the Catholic Church. The Catholic radio stations are regarded as opposition voices to the regime of Ortega, who has ruled Nicaragua since 2007, and was also the country's leader from 1979 until 1990. The Daily Wire reports Visa suspends business with Pornhub ad services following child porn case ruling. One week after a federal judge ruled that Visa Incorporated allegedly helped monetize child pornography through adult websites, the payment processing giant said it would suspend its services with the advertising arm of a major pornography parent company known as MindGeek. Visa long supported the monetization of illicit material involving children on MindGeek-owned pornography websites by continuing to process payments for the company despite being put on notice by the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Now, Visa has taken an incremental step, but they must do more, says Don Hawkins, CEO of the National Center of Sexual Exploitation. And Breitbart reports Biden's Pentagon refuses D.C.'s mayor's request for National Guard to deal with illegal immigration. Last week, Bowser, who's the D.C. mayor requested the Biden administration activate the D.C. National Guard as she said the city was at a tipping point with a surge of illegal immigration triggered by Texas Governor Greg Abbott's busing of border crossers and illegal aliens to Democrat-run sanctuary cities. According to Bowser, Abbott has sent more than 4,000 border crossers and illegal aliens to D.C. since April. Abbott has invited Bowser, along with New York City Mayor Eric Adams, to visit the U.S.-Mexico border to witness firsthand the record level of illegal immigration that Texas must deal with as a result of Biden's expansive catch-and-release operation that continues enticing thousands of border crossers and illegal aliens every day to the United States. And those were our headline news this morning.
4: God love you. The saint of the day, well, I have an uh, obligation to say it's the feast of Blessed Jane, the mother of St. Dominic on the old Dominican calendar. It is also the feast of St. Dominic on the new calendar, but I went over him on the 4th of August, so to learn more about St. Dominic, go to my YouTube channel, Catholic Conversations, where I talk all things St. Dominic. But the saint of the day today is St. John Vianney. He was born on May 8th, 1786 in Dardilly, France. And you're going to have to forgive me for all the French mispronunciations ahead of time. And was baptized the same day. He was the fourth of six children born to Matteo and Marie Vianney. In 1790, when the anti-clerical terror phase of the French Revolution forced priests to work in secrecy or face execution, young Vianney believed the priests were heroes. He continued to believe in the bravery of his priests and received his first communion and catechism instruction in private by two nuns who lost their convents in the French Revolution. As his education had been disrupted by the French Revolution, he struggled in his studies, particularly with Latin, but worked hard to learn. In 1802, the Catholic Church re-established in France, and religious freedom and peace spread throughout the country. He joined his heroes as a priest on August 12, 1815, in the Couvent des Monmets de Grenoble. His first Mass was celebrated the next day as he was appointed assistant to Bailey in Euclid, Three years later, when Bailey passed away, Father John Vianney was appointed parish priest of the Ars Parish. With help from Catherine Lassian and Benedicta Lourdette in La Providence, a home for girls was established in Ars. When he began his priestly duties, Father Vianney realized many were either ignorant or indifferent to religion as a result of the French Revolution. Many danced and drank on Sundays or worked in their fields. Father Vianney spent much time in confession and often delivered sermons against blasphemy and dancing. Finally, if parishioners did not give up dancing, he refused them absolution. He spent 11 to 12 hours each day working to reconcile people with God. In the summer months, he, would, he often worked 16-hour days and refused to retire. Even the few hours that he would allow for himself to sleep were disturbed frequently by the devil. When he later became deathly ill, but miraculously recovered, he attributed his health to St. Philomena's intercession. He died August 4th, 1859, St. John Vianney was canonized on May 31st, 1925. His feast day was celebrated on August 8th, but it was then swapped with St. Dominic to be August 4th. St. John Vianney would often say, private prayer is like straw, scattered here and there. If you set it on fire, it makes a lot of little flames. But gather these straws into a bundle and light them, and you get a mighty fire rising like a column into the sky. Public prayer is like that. Blessed Jane, St. Dominic, and St. John Vianney pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to
2: us from Matthew 17, verses 22 through 27. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he came into the house, before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, What is your opinion, Simon? For whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from foreigners? When he had said this, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the subjects are exempt, but that we may not offend. Go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. Open its mouth, and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax. Give that to them for me and for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Hilary would say, The Lord is called upon to pay the drachma, the didrachma, that is two denarii, for this Uh, The law had enjoined upon all Israel for the redemption of their body and soul and the use of those that served in the temple. St. Chrysostom would say, For when God slew the firstborn of Egypt, he then accepted the tribe of Levi for them. But because the numbers of this tribe were less than the number of firstborn among the Jews, it was ordained that redemption money should be paid for the number that came short, and thence sprang the custom of paying this tax." Because then Christ was a firstborn son, and Peter seemed to be first among the disciples, they came to him. And, as it seems to me, this was not demanded in every district. They came to Christ in Capernaum, because that was considered his native place." Close quote, St. Chrysostom. St. Jerome would say, quote, I am at a loss. What first to admire in this passage, whether the foreknowledge or the mighty power of the Savior, his foreknowledge in that he knew that a fish had a starter in its mouth and that that fish should be first taken? His mighty power, if the starter were created in the fish's mouth at his word and if by his command that which was to happen was ordained. Quote, quote St. Jerome Are you in awe of the Lord today? Let us not offend, but let's give God praise.
3: We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com
0: Some time back I had a chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies and they made the assertion that the first Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. That belief was a later invention. But is this true? No, it's not. Leaving John 1:1 1, 1 off to the side for now due to disputes with Jehovah's Witnesses over its translation. John 20:28 20, records the apostle Thomas saying to Jesus, which literally translates from the Greek, "The Lord of me and the God of me." John says of Jesus in 1 John 5:20, "This is the true God and eternal life." Paul writes of Jesus in Colossians 2:9, "For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily." It doesn't get any clearer than that. There are many more passages, but these suffice to show that the first Christians did believe that Jesus was God. I'm Carlo Hord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers catholic.com.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Father Dane Leary is going to be our guest. World Villages for Children. He's a missionary. Uh, This is uh, the kind of guy that gets up early, goes to bed late, spends his day. Kind of like John Vianney, uh, the description that uh, Adrian gave us about uh, St. John Vianney. Uh, There's some similarities there between him and Father Dan Leary. So we wanted to have a conversation about missionary work in the Catholic Church these days. On the surface, you'd get the impression that they're kind of just social workers, right? Just taking care of the needs, the material needs of the body. But yet, the gospel is still being proclaimed. Converts are still being made, and much more. We're going to have that conversation at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that and uh, do share us with a friend. But this morning as I was driving in to work to get ready for today's show, I drove by a scene that looked like, I mean, it was Christmas time with all the lights. I mean, there were so many police vehicles. I hadn't seen that many police vehicles in one time. I guess the last time would have been like a police funeral, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just massive number of police vehicles and i wondered what was going on here there was they had uh blocked off an entire gas station i mean like just lined up like a barricade like a fence around this gas station so when i got to the studio this morning i pulled up my computer and i i i searched for news and it turns out that uh a suspect was running from police he crashed his vehicle upon the highway that i drove by and then ran off the highway, tried to run away from them, and began to fire at the police officers. And they returned fire, and now that person is dead. That person has gone into eternity. Who knows? Uh, doesn't sound very good as if though they were in a state of grace, prepared to meet the Creator, prepared to receive their final judgment. And eternity is forever. Hell is real, and people go there. So uh, I don't know what the state of this person's soul was at the moment of death. We should pray for the repose of their soul nonetheless. But it, re- it made me think of the most violent cities. And, and I saw this headline uh, almost at the same time I was researching this story uh, came coming out of Breitbart, which, you know, every Monday there's a report about the number of people who are shot in big cities. So here's the headline out of Breitbart. Over 45 shot Friday into Sunday morning in Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. Forty-five people were shot in their city. And if there wasn't for this headline, you would not even know uh, that these people had been injured. You would not know that the gun violence was so bad in the inner city of Chicago. But that's the interesting point I want to bring out. What are the most dangerous cities in the United States? Which are the most safest cities in the United States? And I wonder, uh, so I looked it up. I looked up several reports, and here's the one I'm going to go with this morning. This is out of Forbes. It was published uh, just, uh, I don't know, February, I think, of this year is when it was was published. But I wonder if you guys could guess, uh, if you could put your money down on what you think are the most dan- top ten most dangerous cities in America. What would you say, Rudy?
3: I would say number one, Atlanta.
2: Atlanta's on the board, you okay. say. I'm, I'm not telling you. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just yeah, confirming. Yeah, that's my guess. You're on the board for Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't go with Chicago. I find that interesting. Well... I mean, Chicago would be the obvious choice, right? I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. But I hear a go, lot more about Chicago than I do Atlanta. But, but you, for some reason, you're, you're drawn to Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adrian, you had any choices for the top ten most deadliest cities? What would you put on the list?
4: I would put right up at the, somewhere mm-hmm. at the top, mm-hmm. Chicago. Chirac. Is that <laughs> Chicago? Is that how they Chicago. pronounce that? Chicago? I am an expert on Chicago dialects. <laughs> oh, I see. I would you, have mm-hmm.
2: a, yeah, you identify as having a PhD in Chicago dialect. Specifically Chicago dialection. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Chicago is on your list. All right. So here is uh, an interesting uh, article out of Forbes. Let me read this to you first, then I'll go through the top ten. It says, determining the most dangerous cities in America, these were several U.S. cities that had increases in crime that were significant. Quote, it's worth noting, popular tourist destinations like Seattle, New Orleans, Chicago were among cities that saw increases in crime, uh, the cost of crime. Going on to say, in Chicago, the cost of crime increased by 29%. In NOLA, the increased, uh, I guess that's uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, the increase was 40%. And in Seattle, it was 42%. These percentages, uh, increases, can hide some numbers. Uh, New Orleans' increase is in the cost of crime was on top of an already high cost of crime. We saw 70% of cities in America reported some increase in the cost of crime. So cost is how Forbes is determining the most dangerous city. So it's not just the number of bullets fired or the number of stabbings or something like that. It is uh, how much does it cost the people who live there to deal with such crime. That's how they determine that. So, all right, let me get to the list here. These are the 10 most dangerous cities in the United States, according to Forbes's cost plan. Number 10, coming in at number 10. Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> have you ever been to Shreveport? No. Adrian, you've been to Shreveport? I have. Yeah. And w- w- when you were there, were you like, oh, this is a dangerous city? This no, is, it wasn't. is this the picture of Shreveport? Uh, that
3: that is, looks cool. No, that I'm is there. Honolulu. I wish. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wish. I, now I've
2: lived in Honolulu, or near it anyway. Uh, I would, so I would we'll get go to if it minute. was dangerous. I mean, uh, that looks beautiful. That's not Shreveport. <laughs> yeah, I wish okay. that would be great. Shreveport, Louisiana, coming in at number ten is the most dangerous city. Costing uh, now, uh, I've been through that city, and uh, it felt a little rundown. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm mm-hmm. be honest. New
4: Orleans little. felt much more dangerous.
2: I will say this though, uh, th- we did find when we passed through Shreveport that uh, they had a uh, a bar, a pub named after Bilbo Baggins. So kind of <laughs> cool. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give that as a bonus, as a, like a, a a plus, a pro. Versus the con of also people living in a very dangerous city. Hmm. <laughs> All right, number number nine coming in at number nine, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, yeah, Kansas Missouri, 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 not Kansas City, Middle Kansas. Of nowhere, uh, Missouri side, not Kansas side. Okay, uh, Kansas is not on the list, so I'm guessing if you just go over the border, you can still live in Kansas City and yet be much safer. Noted. <laughs> so there you go, Kansas City. Have you, either of you been to Kansas City? I, I, I have. It didn't seem like it was dangerous at the all. The Missouri side or Kansas side? The Missouri side. And you were like, I'm oh,
3: this is safe. I feel good. I I'm. Well, maybe it was because I was mm-hmm. next to the baseball park, you know.
2: so oh, I see. It might have been nice there. Oh, okay. no. Okay. Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, now, coming in at number eight, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Lu- Louisiana's uh, on this list more Oof. than twice, by the way. Hmm. Yikes. So uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, been through there many times. I haven't really stopped to smell the roses all that often. The other side the of the tracks thereof. of Texas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, crosses the, uh, you know, the mighty Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. So uh, interesting uh, city. But uh, Baton Rouge coming in at number eight. Number seven on this list, Cleveland, Ohio. Hmm. I'm surprised, no, but I'm not surprised. I have been to Cleveland on a couple of occasions. Uh, also kind of feels a bit run down on a big lake, you'd think it'd be okay,
4: but apparently, I've no. never been to Cleveland, Ohio, but I've been mm. to Columbus, and I lived in Cincinnati. Okay, so. okay. And when you were there, you felt like it's safe, it feels fine. Um, Cincinnati, it depends on where you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbus was fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number six, a town I did live very close
2: to uh, back in, uh, I don't know, the early 90s, Memphis, Tennessee. Now, hmm. I've heard that Crime there is actually quite bad in Memphis, Tennessee. It's, hmm. it's
3: because they're upset
2: that Elvis is no longer alive. I, I'm guessing there's a lot to that for sure. Like what purpose do they have in life exactly. now that Elvis is no longer around? Or actually, or I think he?
3: I might have gotten that confused. I think it's people are upset because everything in
2: Memphis has Elvis-themed. You know what they have in Memphis that's super cool? Barbecue. Not Beale Street, by the way. Uh, I am so grateful to God that I have survived my youth and the many times that I did, terrible, mortal sins on Beale Street. I'm gl- grateful Thanks. that I have survived that and have been to confession since. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, but nonetheless, they have a giant pyramid there that is now an outdoor, <laughs> the biggest outdoor Bass Pro Shop in the world. That's incredible. Yes, I can't wait to stop by there. <laughs> Uh, Later this year, praise be to God. All right, coming in at number five, Baltimore, Maryland is on the list. But the riots that are typical there, we kind of knew that – I figured that would be on the list, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, But uh, number four, another city that I have uh, unfortunately committed uh, mortal sin and I'm grateful that I've had the chance to repent – is uh, New Orleans, Louisiana.
4: Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> <New Orleans. laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> wow, I've been Adrian. New Orleans a you few have times. anything to share? I Na- mean, <laughs> you know, I just you, driving through New Orleans, <laughs> stopping around. uh Huh? Uh-huh. I've been uh, I've been to New Orleans many times. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful city. Yeah, I love it. Okay, I love New Orleans. Okay, wouldn't mm-hmm. go back again. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. And there's like there's mm. witchcraft going on yeah. every, oh, dude, every yeah. street corner. Yeah. Avoid yeah. the French Quarter at all costs. Never go there unless. You're going to do a rosary rally.
2: Yes. Then the, go the to the only, And then go to confession, receive
4: communion, and uh, live in a state of grace before you go. That's what I do in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't, I don't go to uh, the Bourbon Street to go in, yeah, a, good. in a party. Good. I go to pray the yeah. rosary. Good. All right.
2: Coming in at number three, Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. I figured that. I mean, it's got a bad reputation, it's very run down. <laughs> there are neighborhoods that are totally decimated there. Uh, coming in at number two, Jackson, Mississippi.
4: Jackson, Mississippi.
2: Uh, notice we have not said Chicago yet. Yeah, what's up with that? 10. Where is why is Chirac now? It's weird. Coming in at number one is most Dangerous city <laughs> in the United States is not Chicago. It is in fact uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, coming in, and it says uh, while uh, no large cities. Uh, made the overall safest list uh, fewer than uh, half of the 15 most dangerous cities in the United States were large cities. Does this mean that large cities are getting safer, or do they have just have more money to spend on fighting crime? Well, that's a good question. The article goes into it. Maybe we can link to it, but I want to go over now. So Chicago, not on the top 10 list of most dangerous cities, and neither is Houston, Texas, praise be to God. Uh, but let's go over the, the – the, the, I'm going to go with the 10. There's a list of 15, and by the way, honorable mention – Number 15 on the safest, ladies, uh, safest cities list with over 300,000 res- residents. Burbank. Riverside, California. Riverside? Yes. That no. Yes. Uh, that's a lie. Yes, it's on there. All right, I've run out of time, so yep. let's go. The yep. top yep. 10 safest cities with over 300,000 people. Coming in at number 10, Santa Ana, California. It was just there. Beautiful place. Loved it. Uh, c- uh, coming in at number 9, San Jose, California. Coming in at number eight, Anaheim, California. What's up with California's dominating this list? Uh, Coming in at number seven, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Never been there. Uh, Coming in at number six, San Diego, California. Well, I, there's no way California is this safe. Uh, Have you ever seen straight out of Compton? I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Anaheim is not that far from Compton. Neither is Santa Ana. I mean, how is there that big of a diversity there? Coming in at number five, the number five most safest city, according to Forbes anyway, is Mesa, Arizona. I'm going to be in Arizona uh, next month sometime. Uh, now, coming in at number four, Texas finally makes the list. Praise be to God. El Paso, Texas. El Paso? El Paso. That is surprising to me. (laughs) Right across the street (laughs) from Ciudad
5: Juarez, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That that is insane. Cartel
2: reigns and owns the place. In El Paso. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Number three, the top ten here safest cities with over 300,000 in population. Number three, Henderson, Nevada. I would believe that. I've been to Las Vegas, Nevada. Never want to go back, but apparently Henderson is on the list. Number two, Honolulu, Hawaii. Praise be to God. I lived in uh, Hawaii on Oahu just across the mountain God there from Honolulu. Left. It did get safer as soon as I left. Praise be to God. <laughs> uh, and then number one, the most safest city in America with over 300,000 people, Virginia Beach, Virginia. There you go. California is apparently a state to be reckoned with in safeness. Hey, We'll be right back. we we'll are talking about missionaries next.
3: sex power they're all endlessly enticing but never fulfilling they always lead to a dead end materialism cannot satisfy pleasure loses its pleasure and most people figure that out and in desperation they look anywhere for help except to the church they look to Eastern philosophies to spiritualism to strange new religions but there's only one answer to their eternal questions They deny it, they dance around it, they run from it, but they won't try the one thing that works. They won't try it because they know what it costs. Everything. It means taking up your cross and following Jesus in all things. G.K. Chesterton says, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. This one is from the Epic Times. The headline goes, Effective Immediately, Do Not Wipe Phone Data, says the Pentagon to All Personnel. The Pentagon has issued a memo asking personnel not to delete data on their phones, calling it a solemn responsibility and legal obligation of all federal employees, both military and civilian. In an August 4th statement, the the DOD acting press secretary, Todd Breesale, said that the memo was issued following media reports that the DOD did not retain phone data of former senior officials upon their departure from the department. This includes records that may have been tied to the January 6th Capitol breach. The department will be transparent with Congress and the public on records retrieval and stewardship, he added. LifeSite reports 12-year-old Archie Battersby has died after UK hospital removed his life support. 12-year-old Archie Battersby has died after a UK hospital withdrew his life support following the defeat of numerous legal battles waged over several months by his parents. Archie's death just it came just over 2 hours after the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel removed his life support at 10 a.m. on August 6th. The young boy had been unconscious, unconscious since April 7th, after he was found in that condition by his mother. Blocked at every stage by various courts, his family lodged an appeal on August 4th to move Archie to a hospice so that he could die surrounded by his family, away from hospital staff and the security guards surrounding his ward. The Royal Courts of Justice rejected this appeal on August 5th, Justice, uh, they rejected the move citing risks involved in a transfer. And Breitbart reports 12-year-old farmer uh, raises livestock to help feed his neighbors. He says, quote, I've been farming my whole life, as long as I can remember. I've been on his lap steering that tractor, running the bucket, he said, while gesturing toward his grandfather, Dan Herrick. Braden Nadal pretty much runs things on his own and also helps feed neighbors thanks to his farm stand, where he sells items such as homemade zucchini bread and relish. The ingredients are sourced from his own garden. In the mornings during the school year, he gathers vegetables and prepares the farm stand for business before class starts. Thanks to all the time he spent outside, Nadal does not have hours to watch television or play video games like many boys his age. His grandfather says it teaches him business. It teaches him how to work. It teaches him how to stay out of trouble. It teaches him where food comes from. And it teaches him that without farmers, there's no food.
2: That's a little slice of good news there. Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you Rudy for keeping us up to date. Joining us now by phone is Father Dan Leary, the chaplain for World Villages for Children. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Father.
8: Hey, good morning. God bless you from Mexico.
2: Yeah, thank you for your time today. Uh just I think it was like last week we were I was mentioning something about missionaries and you know really wondering if, you know, uh missionaries have become really just social justice workers or are they still spreading the gospel message? You know, winning converts, winning souls for Christ, and transforming the world. And uh, and you know, we've had Kevin Wells on in the past, and and Kevin and I were chatting, and he said, "You really got to talk to Father Dan Leary." And so here you are. Praise be to God. Let's start with. Uh, could you tell us what is World Villages for Children?
8: So World Villages for Children is the U.S. office for the Sisters of Mary, who is a re- which is a religious order of about four hundred religious sisters from Korea, the Philippines, Tanzania, Mexico, Brazil, and they are sisters founded by Venerable Aloysius Schwartz, a guy that was born in D.C. and really began his missionary work in Korea in the the late 50s, and it's a religious order that forms the poorest of the poor for five years, teaches them faith, catechesis, and gives them hope. To change their families really to become missionaries to become missionaries um why
2: are you doing this work you, you aren't i mean like you were a diocesan priest in
8: washington dc not all that long ago right <laughs> i'm 25 years a priest kevin well said i used to be the chaplain for the now Washington commanders that was called the redskins back then but i'm the, he said you were the worst catholic chaplain that's why you had to leave the country. Okay? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I, I've always had a love for the poor. And I really felt that, you know, I work with Mother Teresa's sisters for many years, and Mother, it, it, they, they do great work, but it's sort of end of life, taking the next step. I want to form the culture from the ground up. I mean, mm. I want the Holy Spirit to use me and to really guide young people to change generations. You know, these are... 12 to 18 year olds, and so if we can form them properly, we can help change their families, and then form the next generation of Catholics that will come after them.
2: When did you know that you wanted to walk away from you know diocesan life and do missionary work? Like, what well, what was that moment uh, for you?
8: It's been a it's thank you. It's been a uh, inspiration in my heart because I always love the poor. And I had to take the leap of faith. It, it had nothing to do with, like, seeing the Church suffering. I just realized I had to go deeper into my priesthood. And it doesn't—and I felt the call was going into the suffering of the poor and, and to really identify with Christ on the cross and from Christ on the cross understanding my own poverty. So it's, it's been a multi-leveled encounter with Christ— in my ministry.
2: And w- were you nervous at all about talking to the Archbishop?
8: Of course. <laughs> I was a pastor of a parish, and they said, Archbishop, I feel the call to go serve the poor. And he said, Well, let's pray about it a little bit. And I had always been.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's pray okay, about this you know, for six or seven more years. <laughs>
8: <laughs> he said, Let's pray about it. And I came back later after he asked me to pray about it, he said, yeah, go. And I said, thank you. Thank you. I will do my best to build up the body of Christ in Mexico, in Honduras, Guatemala, etc. And that's what I'm doing. I, I'm trying to form disciples and missionaries and, and spread the life of Father Al.
3: Father, what would you say is, is the biggest challenge to your work, your missionary work, in, in Mexico and abroad?
8: Um, well, personally, what you're asking is getting into the, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me and to get into the wound of the children. majority, you know, I, many of them have suffered so bad in many le- levels. And to just walk them through that and wait for Christ to come into the wound and resurrect that wound... Uh, to give hope through that wound. So I'm I'm dealing with, and I told Kevin years ago, I I told people like, I'm dealing with thousands of Lazaruses that are coming out of the womb, out of the tomb, excuse me. And I got to get them out. And then I got to slam the rock behind them and say, you never go back in there. You will fall. You will sin. But that tomb is done. And now let's go. And so I think that's the biggest focus is eating the elephant one bite at a time. Every child, one by one, is building up the body of Christ. You know, sometimes I'm in confession a lot. And, you know, I tell the sisters all the time, you're killing me. You know, like I'll finish like a whole line of like 10 <laughs> kids, right? I finish 10 kids. Like I'm like, hey, how many more are out there? And they're like, two. And I'm like, all right, then it's break time. And then the sister sends a whole baseball lineup of nine <laughs> more. When there's like one more level. I'm like, "Sister, you're killing me here." And they just laugh. They say, "Father, there's five more teams coming." And <laughs> I, I guess I would tell you it's it's just I have to stay focused and bring Christ to the moment, mm-hmm. and not I, I can't change the world, man. I, I can only change a kid that's in front of me that's crying. It's coughing up something they've never coughed up. Mm. And I've got to hold it with them, and I've got to say, where is Christ in this? Mm-hmm. And I've got to elevate it. Even though they're young, they're drinking the chalice of hope, honestly.
2: You honestly. Know, today we're celebrating the feast day of St. John Vianney, a priest notorious for spending countless hours in the confessional. Uh, what is a day uh, like for a missionary priest today?
8: Well, i got to put my time in an adoration, so I expose the Eucharist early. The sisters come in, and then we have a Mass at 6.15. And then um, I go off to confession, or I go off to retreats. I have a retreat to the younger sisters, Um, and usually that's in front of the Blessed Sacrament, giving them talk, spiritual direction, counseling, um, confession. Um, And at night, it's into the confessional. Uh, most of the time, or some form of healing in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Like, well, I'll expose the Blessed Sacrament in a different building. So I'm in Mexico right now, and there's 3,200 girls. I'm in the girls' town right now. And there's four buildings. And I'll expose the Blessed Sacrament sometimes in two or three buildings because it's kind of cold for the girls to go out at night from 7 to 9. I'll expose it like 640 and 1, 650, 7, 7, 10. I run to the building. And then I hear confessions in the last building, and I circle back, 8:30, 8:40, 8:59, that position, so the girls can hit the rack by about nine ish, and uh, so we're putting. Not all the girls go at that time; they go in different groups. But um, sacramentally, it's the most beautiful thing. I don't think I've had a meeting in two years. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> be to God. Wow. I don't know how you're going to get through purgatory
2: if you're not doing meetings, Father. You're going to need some sort of penance in your life if you're not going to do meetings. I right, hold that thought. Father Dane Leary is our guest. Uh, World Villages uh, for Children is the organization with which he is a chaplain. We're going to talk more about that organization, but also the nature of missionary work in the Catholic Church today and around the world. All of that and more coming up right after this very quick break on Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
7: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors. Architects study design. Linguists study syntax. But for the most part, Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation Called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, The manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery. And thirdly, a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity. But wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context. But remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't. And that's just wrong.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to do some Bible reading. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network.
2: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Father Dan Leary is our guest. He is a missionary and a chaplain for World Villages for Children, and uh, we're having a conversation around missionary work today. Uh, Father, welcome back to the program. Can, Can you just remind me, where is World Villages for Children? Like how many locations, what countries are they in?
8: So World Villages for Children is sort of like the the global name for the Sisters of Mary. The Sisters are in uh, seven countries, and they have 15 programs caring for up to almost 20,000 of the poorest children in those countries, Tanzania, Guatemala, Honduras, Korea, the Philippines, Mexico. Wow.
2: And how many of those locations have you been to so far?
8: All except Korea. All except Korea. And so, and that was only because I couldn't travel into the country. And I've been with the sisters two years now, so I'm I'm traveling all over the country, excuse me, all over the world, really um, helping the sisters form these soon-to-be missionaries.
2: You know, uh, could you share with us? You talked a little bit about uh, sort of the the burden, almost. I mean, I could, I, I really felt like it's it's a difficulty, it's a challenge. There's a there's a cross, a heavy cross, in that you are. You're having to be with these kids who have had a lot of uh, issues, trauma in their life, and you have to be present there in that moment with them. Maybe could you share with us or maybe help us better understand what are the challenges these kids face and the difficulties that you as a chaplain and the sisters have in helping to heal and overcome those challenges? What do they face? Where are they from?
8: Well, you know, here's the way the recruiting process goes. Thanks for asking the sisters go to, like, for example, Mexico. The highest percentage of children in Mexico, in Girlstown and Boystown, is from the state of Guerrero, which has the highest homicide rate. So the sisters actually choose the most vulnerable places, to, uh, children, from the most violent places, from the most violent homes. So the sisters will go out and they send out notifications. They'll have a gathering of children, their parents, the children will take a basic aptitude test. Then the sisters will interview the children with the parent, and then they'll actually go out and see their home. The poorer you are, the better chance you have of getting in. The sisters will actually look at the hands of the boys, and if they are dirty and calloused, the sisters do everything they can to get that boy into the school because that means he basically is not going to school. He's only working in the field. And they do the same with the girls. And so these children are coming in mostly are one-parent family or have been abandoned. Um, The children write their story the best they can when they enter the program. But there is a high percentage of awful trauma that these children have gone through, awful. Uh, The girls particularly, obviously, and the boys as well. They can face serious violence and threats their own safety and so this program is really keeping them safe for five years let alone forming them with an education and teaching them to catechize teaching them to evangelize that's the whole goal catechism three times a week Father Al wanted these kids to go out and spread the gospel to the parents and to their children when they get married
2: Wow are there any stories that stand out most in your mind about uh, sort of like a transformative experience of uh, being a part of uh, this World Villages for Children?
8: Um, look, I, I can tell you this one. So, I mean, this is general. So many of the girls have been through trauma. And I really try to bring them to the place of forgiving the person. So they'll come before the blessed sacrament. It's a process, it's not a one time deal. And they say, in your notebooks, we read a passage about the Scripture, write the name of the person that hurt you on a piece of paper. Put a, we have the sisters put a nice basket in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and kids come up and tear up the paper and put it in there, right? But then I send them home with blessed oil, holy oil, just blessed and exercised, and holy water. And they go home and they bless their homes. They just make the sign of the cross. It's a sacramental note. I tell the girls that are in a particularly um, grace-filled moment, when you're ready to tell mom about some experience, please do so. I can tell you, many, many, many times, the girls have sat down and said, "Mom, I have to tell you something," and they talk about some trauma. And the girl will bless, ask her mother, "Can you give me a blessing with this holy water?" Just the mother puts on her finger. And, Blesses the little girl's eyes, her ears, her mouth, her heart, and her forehead. And then uh, you say, Mom, can I give you a blessing? Well, the mothers have turned around and said to the daughters, honey, I too have been uh, uh, traumatized. And I've had moms put their heads on the chest of the um, girl. And, like, the, the healer is not the mother. Sorry, I'm not a wimp. The healer's not the mother, man. The healer's the girl. Mm. She's bringing the Eucharistic presence of Christ in her home. And she's, you know, I'm like, take over the home, man. Bring Christ into the home. That home does not belong to Santa Muerte or some other nonsense. Mm. That home belongs to Christ. It's a domestic church. I teach them all that stuff. So do the sisters. And I got these little... Well, 16, 17 year olds blessing their moms wow. with holy water. I mean, it's, I mean, look, there's no time. We've got to save souls. That's it. That's Father Al. No one else was using the phrase know, in the 60s and 70s. Father Al said, This order will save souls, period. We'll do it through corporal works of mercy. That's the only reason why we exist. It yeah. save souls. Praise be to God. That's well it, said. Promisely.
2: Well said, you know that brings me up there uh, so there's a perception these days, especially among some Catholics that think a lot of these organizations uh, that do missionary work are just focused on the material needs, corporate works of mercy, and praise be to God, we need to be doing them as you just mentioned. But it seems like there's not a real effort to actually evangelize, to transform, to convert these people, to win souls for uh, for Christ, and let alone to help these people, you know, come out of this darkness. Um, as a missionary now, how long have you been in this, and uh, how do you see it? Do you see it any different this missionary work uh, now that you've been doing it this long versus when you were contemplating doing this at
8: all? Great question. So, uh, I'll just give you the straight experience. So, I've been in this racket down here for two years, right? <laughs> Running around from country to country. Man, Brazil. When all the country was shut down, every place was shut down. I arrived in Brazil for three weeks. The sisters had prepared 188 baptisms. There was no place in the world had 188 baptisms. Maybe, maybe a whole diocese, and I nailed that in one day. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I, I, like, I was half crazy. I was covered in water. I mean, Brazilians are so funny. I'm reading their names. They laugh, and I'm pouring water. I mean, it wasn't like they were just full of joy, singing. 188 first communions, the body and blood of Christ on the top I mean, it's off the rack. And uh, so, no, I, I can't answer what other experiences are. I can tell you that. The only ex- purpose of this is to catechize and send out missionaries. We, we give them education. We feed them. We clothe them. But we want them to change the culture. What's the point of just giving them a fish? We teach them to fish. I promise you we teach them to fish. And we teach them to teach other people to fish. Amen. So it's not unusual for a graduate to go home. Like I'll give the graduates, before they graduate, excuse me, the, the last, the seniors, let's call them, I give them a teaching on how to get their parents married in the church. Okay, you talk to mom and dad if they're happy. Then you go to the pastor and say, hi, my name's so-and-so. My parents would like to get married in the church. How do they do it? And you establish a personal relationship, and you be the bridge. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that kind of go-for-the-soul missionary work. I, I can't speak to the other missionaries. I'm just telling you I give them a sandwich but a sandwich is so that their bodies are, are instruments of grace. Mm. You know, I
2: so- something I've been saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Father, but I just want to put this out there and then maybe let you comment on it as well. Uh, I, something I've been saying now for a while is I feel like Mexico has a special place in the heart of Our Lady and Our Lord in particular, having defeated Satan there, uh, in the Aztec Empire. Uh, but in yet, it seems like there's a war for the soul of Mexico. Uh, you have cartels, corruption, you have uh, evangelicals stealing people away from the Catholic faith. I mean, it seems like a real battleground there. Would you see it that way?
8: Yeah, well, I'll be honest. Wherever Our Lady is, there's always a battleground. Mm. There's no question. And because she attracts evil, because she's beauty. Okay, So there's no surprise that they want to snuff out the light of Guadalupe. And they want to say, "You are not of other. You are just statue, an image." So I agree 100 percent with what you're saying. Uh, but you know, our lady does step on the head of the snake, Amen. clearly through revelation, but you know, she is going lightly but courageously through the hillsides of Mexico and trying to to bring a message of, Am I not here? I, who am your mother. Okay, so, you know, we have the sisters in adoration. I tell them all the time, Wherever Jesus builds a church, Satan builds a chapel. And so many times the kids will be in front of adoration and get hammered with many temptations and distractions when they're in front of the Blessed Sacrament. They said, Yeah, that's because that encounter is love. And wherever there's love, the devil attacks our imagination with lust. So it's a confirmation of the love of the of the love of the Eucharist for us.
2: That's amazing. Uh we're just about out of time here. One last question. You're only gonna have about thirty seconds to respond. Uh, Do you feel consumed as a priest by all of this? Uh, How are you finding your strength to carry out the pace that is uh, the very demanding schedule?
8: Man, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And I pray the rosary every day across my office. Absolutely. adoration. I expose the Eucharist and the sisters come in. That's the only way. Wow. So I don't go crazy.
2: Honestly. (laughs) I can imagine it would... uh, it would tear a normal man apart, I can, I can imagine. But we're just about out of time now. Uh, worldvillages.org is the website. Dear listener, if you would like to support, uh, consider supporting this incredible apostolate, helping some 21,000 children in Father Dan Leary's work, as well as the, uh, the those that run this and the sisters, worldvillages.org is the website. You can find more information there. Father Dan Leary, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your work and thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you.
8: God bless you, man. Take
2: care. God bless you, too, Father. Have a great day. We're praying for the kids. Hey, coming up after this break, if you are able to join us, we're going to talk to Dr. Paul Ken Gore from Grove City College about Dick's Sporting Goods. That and a lot more is coming your way. You can always hang out at GRNOnline.com forward slash CBT.
7: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend, and certainly how often they should go. So, here's your three best friendships tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institution, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places, such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged.
1: Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and help the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over 1 billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home.
2: Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool...
5: I'm Father Jim Murphy from St. Thomas High School. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Could you imagine baptizing 185 people in a single day? That sounds amazing. Uh, It's almost like uh, baptizing 3,000 in a single day at Pentecost with the apostles from the upper room. You know, I I once listened to an apologist who speculated that the method of baptizing that many people would have to have been sprinkling. Hmm. Because he he speculated that it would have been impossible to just use, like, the pool of shalom, for instance. Uh, The Jews, especially after having crucified the Lord only days before uh, would not have allowed a mass baptism of that uh, scale, so he speculated that. And then he also speculated you you uh, you probably weren't going to make the uh, the march down to the Jordan. I was about to say, don't don't you think they would have taken them down to the river or something? Yeah. Da-
3: uh, how's well, that sound? Uh, down into the waters. we
2: in the
7: waters. amen. <laughs> water. <love>
2: that <laughs> That's a good song. I don't care what you say. Uh, we may have to do a little bit of uh, hymnal karaoke today in the after show. But see, if they did sprinkling, they mm. would still have to sprinkle them three times. Correct. No? Well, matter and form has it, uh, had been fully formed by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's what yeah. our Lord said in the in Matthew 28 before so, He ascended to heaven,
4: and the Didache before yeah, still, the Gospels like came out. So, yep. yeah, it's true. Yeah. So,
2: very early on in the church. So sprinkling three times with. I baptize thee in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So it's possible. I don't know the answer, but uh, fascinating. But uh, Father, in one single day, 185
4: baptisms. That's pretty lit. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's totally different from that uh, that one bishop uh-huh. who uh-huh. or priest in, in South America, yeah. uh, <laughs> Brazil, I Amazon. <laughs> I haven't baptized a single person in 30 years. <laughs> like, uh, and meanwhile, this, this priest is out here. He's like, "Yeah, I baptized 180 <laughs> people in uh, yeah. one day." Yeah. So praise be to Father God. That's awesome. Larry. Hats off. Hats off to you, Father. Pretty lit. Well, right? pretty I, I
3: got the sense, though, you know, he really, he really is tuned in. This mm-hmm. is about souls. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, he and, said and, that, right? Yeah, and, and that's, I think that diff- That puts him in a different camp than most missionaries today. Yeah.
2: Amen. Praise you, yeah. God. If you have uh, missed the uh, interview, dear listener, with Father Dan Leary, which we just wrapped up, you can always catch it on the podcast feed on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You could also catch it on Google Play or Spotify or... On the uh, on the Apple iTunes Store, which just so you know, you are required by international treaty to have to leave us a five-star review, if you if you're if you're on iTunes Apple Store. Okay, don't fact-check me there. Don't don't Google that. Just just trust me. You have to leave us a five-star review if you're. You're on Apple iTunes Store. All right? Praise be to God. Hey, uh, there's a lot of great CDT insiders hanging out with us this morning over on the uh, Instagram channel. Uh, we have a uh, a private Instagram feed. Telegram. Uh, is it Telegram or Instagram? Telegram. telegram. What did I say? Instagram. Instagram. What I meant was Telegram. <laughs> Same thing. Which, which brings me to another point here. Uh, I'm getting older, right? So hmm. I'm... Uh you know, having more and more of those uh, let's air quote scare quotes Biden moments. <laughs> so, I have those every day, Joe. I'm that, 30. So no, I, a rumor that Joe's retiring. Yeah, I mean, so retiring re- Meaning he's tired again. Tired again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm retired all over again. Catholic Drive Time Telegram group. I see Damon over there. I see Clarissa and Tammy. Praise be to God. Jay Koch is hanging out over there. Uh, I, see, uh, I see you. Uh, Cynthia and Richard joined us over the weekend. Praise be to Luz and Monica and Joshua and Mike K. Good morning to all of you. And they're all wanting to know, did Joe say he's retiring? Joe, how can you afford to retire? Ooh. Well, I'm going to tell you about that in the after show. <laughs> I, I had a brilliant moment this weekend of, of inspiration, a moment of clarity. It sounded mm. like... Oh!
9: Just like the, that? And in the, Yes.
2: Oh! In the, in, the, in the after show, I'm going to tell you, big changes. The, the sound like that? Big changes
3: so are coming. Unfortunate. Are you going to wait until the last two minutes to tell us? <laughs> uh, in the after show, which is the second
2: half of this hour on the live video feed, I'll be chatting with you directly. You get to decide what we talk about, but I will share with you uh, big retirement plans coming. Huge changes. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe it. Yeah, we're going pro. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I <laughs> totally believe you. We're going pro. We're going pro. All right, praise be to God. So that's coming up. If you want to hang out with us in the after show, make sure you're on one of the live video feeds, Facebook, Instagram. No, we don't do anything on Instagram. No. Why don't, don't. we do anything on Instagram? Uh, because it's a cesspool. Oh, I see. Yeah. So TikTok. No, we're not Definitely there anymore. Not anymore. I don't not want not. China to spy on me. <laughs> yeah. So we're on Facebook. We're on Odyssey. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We're on uh, LinkedIn. And we're on Twitter. So and yeah. Census Fidelium TV. And Census Fidelium TV. Well, that's A live. We're not live on there. Are we? No, no. Okay. There. So we're talking about live feeds here. If you want to find one of those live feeds so you can comment, then you can always go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cd. Joining us right now by phone is Dr. Paul Ken Gore. He is a poli-sci professor at uh, Grove City College and uh, is a frequent contributor to the Catholic Drive. Good morning to you, Dr. Ken Gore.
5: Hey, Joe. How you doing? Praise be
2: to God. I am alive and that counts. How are you?
5: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Doing good.
2: Good. I saw your article over at The Spectator uh, about Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, I don't shop at Dick's and I haven't shopped at Dick's for a very long time, uh, mostly because they stop supporting hunters like myself. They don't they stop selling guns and ammunition and that kind of thing. And so I decided to take my business elsewhere. That was years ago, but they're up to even more shenanigans than that. What are they doing, Dr. Kengor?
5: Yeah, they are. And, and you know Joe, this kind of this kind of touches me personally because Dix began what well, actually began in Big, in Binghamton, New York um, a long, long time ago with with the original owner. Uh, but, but, it's, but it's based in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area, which is where I'm from, which is where, I'm, which is where I was born. And, in fact, I, I used to even co-host a show, a radio show in Pittsburgh, and they were one of our big sponsors. And so they really kind of grew up and took off and started in this area, the area that I'm from. And now it's the, the number one sporting goods retailer in the entire country. So they're all over the place and i think what you're talking about there with the guns that might have been one of the first signals that they were going to you know kind of you know go woke a little bit mm. <laughs> and, and 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 but but totally now i mean this mm. really shocked me so they announced and they announced this i mean they had this announcement ready like the day of the dobbs decision <laughs> wow. right. so, yeah. this yeah i mean this, this must have been you know, thought up i don't know weeks ago months ago but, but they have announced that, that they will pay up to $4,000 in travel expenses for any employee of Dick's who goes to have an abortion in, wow. a, in another state. You know, in a, so if, if you live in a state... I guess like maybe perhaps Indiana, which just passed legislation last week, um, you know, but heavily restricting, if not almost banning abortion. So if, if you're a, a, a female Dix employee in, in the state of Indiana and you want to go to New York, Kathy Hochul's New York, governor, you know, Catholic governor, Kathy Hochul's New York, where she said, you know, we welcome you with open arms. In fact, she's even offering to help women to pay their expenses to come there and get abortions. But um, you know, the, the dicks there will will help you travel to New York or California or wherever to to get you your abortion. And so what that means is that if you shop at dicks, the you know, the, the stuff that you buy, you know that football, that kayak, you know that you know, the bow and arrow, the you know the the, the ball cap, whatever. Yeah, you know, certain you know, money from from your purchase is going to go to help cover the expenses of of women getting abortion.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. They all, they have to have uh, shown great determination. Uh, you know, took a, took the initiative to have a statement ready and waiting for the Dobbs decision to come down. Um, and it boggles the mind in some ways because, like, if you're a company. Like you don't have to have a position. You don't have to have an opinion on anything in politics or in in the current affairs. You're you're selling sporting equipment. Like just sell sporting right. equipment. Yeah. Like why do you think that they that the corporate uh, headquarters feels the need to weigh in on these issues? Well
5: that's a good question. In fact, in, in my article, The American Spectator, I actually cite an a, a a survey by one of those business organizations where they surveyed a few hundred companies and found out that less than ten percent of them were even taking a position on on, on on the whole Dobbs thing, right? Like, I mean, so many of these different companies have been pusher, uh, have, have been have been pressured and hounded into taking position on Pride Month, right? You know, they, they got you know, even NASCAR. <laughs> it's like you know, LGBTQ rainbow flag logos, <sighs> right? Yeah, it's it, it's just unbelievable. But, but on but on this on the abortion issue, most of them aren't. Most of them aren't taking a position. They're really not saying much at all. And Dix has gone even beyond that, and and you know stepped up to the plate, right? Baseball sports metaphor here, to you know, to, you know, to 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 offer to pay for employees' abortion. And if you read the actual statement that they put out, which I quote in the American Spectator piece, they have all this kind of. Cheery, almost like sophistry language about we at Dick support our teammates, right? Our teammates support each other's healthcare choices, and, and, and it's just, it just—it sounds like something that could have been written by Elizabeth Warren or Nancy Pelosi if they were if they were a CEO at Dick Sporting Goods. Uh, but, but, but yeah, they didn't have to take this position, uh, but but they went ahead and took it anyway. And, and, to, and for me, as, as somebody who's, who's shopped there my entire life, I mean, that's it. There, mm-hmm. there is no way that, that, that I'm going to go in Dix and you know, buy a pocket knife even <laughs> or, or, or buy anything. I, I yeah. mean, I've got other options, and I'm not going to go to a place where, where, where I shop, it helps subsidize somebody's abortion. And I don't care if it's a half a penny. Out of my purchase, you
4: know, Dr. Right? King or, it, 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 yeah, you know, it's interesting because you know I bought my hiking boots from Dick's Sporting Goods and I and I've been there many times as well bought many things from from Dick's and the problem I'm thinking here is you know what company doesn't do this what company does not is, is Academy not giving money to abortion is these other ones and I'm not saying that we shouldn't do this I'm just saying how where do we shop because i am thinking i want to not support abortion i want to not shop at these places that support these immoral actions but at the same time it feels like everywhere i turn if i would have to just live off a farm and find local shops that do these things which unfortunately most places don't have any local shops that provide the things we need uh, what say you dr kingor <coughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's a great question. I've been through this so many times, and you get to the point of you have to boycott almost everything, right? And I remember a few years ago. In fact, I personally did research on this because I was writing a column on it as to whether or not Starbucks supports Planned Parenthood. And and I, I mean, I, I spent months on this, you know, calling this group and that group and headquarters and. And it looked like some local Starbucks left it up to the local franchises, and if an employee there wanted to donate to Planned Parenthood, that maybe they would. And it got, it got enormously complicated and you get to the point where you throw your arms up in the air and say, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to this. But, but I can say this. It, it looks like what Dick's has done here is very unusual. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know of another company, at least not off the top of my head, that's done that. And, and, and at least in terms of the, the, the major sporting goods uh, retailers, I don't know anyone else that has done this. And, and, and really, almost seem to make a big deal about it. They, you know, they issued a press release. The, the new CEO, um, also Ed Stack, who's the son of the original founder of Dick's, issued a statement. You know, they, they put it out on social media, so they almost seem to be kind of um, boasting about it, right? You know, you're showing how forward and progressive looking they, they were about it so for me if something like that comes across my radar and it's out there and it's clear and it's something that they're making um, a public almost promotional issue a pr issue out of it um, that tells me okay forget it i'm not shopping there
2: yeah just to follow up here real quick because we're running out of time with dr peng dr paul ken gore uh, you know, it's hard to avoid uh, sort of uh, participating in these companies. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, I mean, Google, they all have they have their hands dirty in something. Uh, I always picked and choose. I don't go to Starbucks. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go to Dick's. But I obviously can't avoid completely, uh, you know, buying and using products and services from companies that do have their hands dirty, right?
5: I know. I agree, and I don't use Google. Uh, I actually use Duck, Duck Go, but I'm sure they probably have flaws too. But like I said, if something like this happens with somebody like Dick, you know, they're telling me I shouldn't shop
2: there. Yeah, amen. All right, Dr. Paul Kingor has uh, been our guest. Check out his article: Shop at Dick's Subsidize Abortion at the American Spectator. Spectator.org. Dr. Kingor, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. That's going to do it for the guests, but what's coming up next is our game show, and you could win prizes. Call right now, 877-757-9424.
7: I have some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches,
10: whether it's in the catechism or not. Is that true?
9: No, it's not true. If you want to call yourself Catholic, but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject, you give everyone else who calls themselves Catholic the right to do the same thing. For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that? Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls himself Catholic. That gives Joe Parishner over at St. Douting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world.
10: This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
5: Joe McClain! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome
2: back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas that we don't want you to tell anybody about. But your chance to win is pretty good right now. Phone lines are wide open. All you need to do is pick up the phone and make a phone call. And you could win. It's super simple. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. 757 9424 Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call right now at eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. 757 9424 That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877 Seven fifty-seven ninety-four twenty-four. 9424 I do have uh, some things that I just want to keep between us. Number one I like to teach the faith. So I look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something that you didn't know before about your Catholic faith praise be to God. And then number two we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time our callers tend to be absolutely amazing and uh, praise be to God that is the funnest part for us and then number three we give out prizes which means uh everyone wins in the deal you have a good time you learn something and you may win something praise be to God but if you're new here I shall explain I have three Catholic trivia questions sitting before me Uh, but I do not ask the caller these questions so they don't need to know they might not know a single correct answer but could still win the game and that is because instead of asking them I will ask Rudy and Adrian one of which will give us a correct answer the other will give us an incorrect answer The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into what we call the Divine Cup of Providence. It's a coffee cup. Uh, It's a CDT mug. It's the original, the authentic original. And then at the end of the week, we pull out a name, and that's who the winner is. Uh, Rudy, what can they win this week?
3: Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Conversion Starters. Now, conversionstarters.com mm-hmm. makes evangelization easy Ooh. and painless for everyone. Nice. Conversion starters, t shirts, hoodies, and mugs catch people's eye and pique their curiosity by featuring common questions about Catholicism, along with the website address where they can go and read a brief and easy to understand answer to those questions. You can be a billboard for Christ. Visit Con. con- oh. Visit Mm -hmm. conversionstarters.com to check out their full lineup. The winner this week is going to win one of their shirts and a mug. Thank you Ah. so much, Conversion Starters.
2: Okay, Conversion Starters, thank you for your generosity this week. Giving us prizes to give away to our audience, we really, really appreciate it. Let's go to the phones. Carlos, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Abilene, Texas. Abilene, Texas. I've been there. Uh Abilene, that's like way up north, right up in the panhandle.
6: No, 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 it's kind of central uh west of Dallas.
2: Oh, well, what am I what am I confusing you with then? No what's, idea. What's up there that Amarillo? The... Amarillo. 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 Oh, my bad. <laughs> Amarillo by morning. Okay, got What does Abilene know for, by the way? Abilene University? Like what are you famous yeah. for? Uh, I'm regularly from Perfers out there by Amarillo. only been here about eight years or so. Okay. Uh, Seashells, right? A- abalone? I <laughs> Seashells. They're like far yeah. from the water. <laughs> i was just kidding. Where do, you, where do you go to church, Carlos? Uh, St. Vincent,
0: Pilates.
2: So, praise be to Jesus. Well, we're grateful you're on the show today, Carlos. And uh, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the rules work?
7: Yes. Praise be
2: to God. You should know then. Uh, brother Rudy is not wearing a tie today, so you're going to want to use that to your advantage in determining his uh, rightness or wrongness uh, <laughs> this morning, Carlos. But you should know, of course, I am on your side, so I'm your guide to get you through this insanity. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Let's do this. We will start with Team Rudy, as is our custom, our patrimony, our tradition, church-approved tradition here on the uh, Have a the Drive Time show. Good morning to you, Rudy, Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Mm-hmm. No tie today. No. No time no. today. Couldn't find them. Oh, really? You just couldn't? You just lost them? It's yeah, just somewhere in the house. It's it? just someplace. <laughs> just Empress Maria maybe hid them on you? or No, no. I'm just a little disorganized. I see. All. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, as some would say, Tricky Rudy, are you ready to play the game? Uh, what? I'm sorry, what? What did you say? I can't. What? Uh, You're breaking up. What? what? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Praise God. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you... Are you really sure? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Can you tell me? Let's start with an easy one. Who is the patron saint of Sweden? The patron saint of Sweden.
3: And uh, he's got a proper Swedish name. His name is Saint Ingvar. Ingvar? Yes. Oh, man. And And the company, Mm -hmm. Ikea, Mm -hmm. their founder is related, he's a direct descendant of St. Ingvar. And the
2: best Swedish meatballs on planet Earth, bar none. Yeah, bar none. They're so good. They're so good. So St. Ingvar is your response. Yes. That's what you're going to go with. Yes.
4: Okay. Adrian, you're a guy who loves Swedish meatballs. You should be able to answer this question. Wow. Okay. You know, in fact, I think after the show, I'm going to go over to Ikea and get some Swedish meatballs. so jealous. I can't have anything on that <laughs> You name. can have me. You can have the
2: meatballs. Without nothing on it and what's <laughs> inside of it. I probably can't have any of the... Young. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Probably not. All right, any. Adrian, could you Dang. tell me who is the patron saint
4: of Sweden? That's, what was that again? Sweden. Okay. Well, the patron saint of Sweden, I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> is uh, St. Saint Eric. St. Saint Eric? Yes. St. Eric. St. Eric. All right. Well...
2: Brother Carlos in Abilene, Texas—not to be confused with Amarillo, of course. Um, only who, even like 10 hours different. <laughs> yeah, only. <laughs> who is the patron saint of Sweden? Is it Saint Eric, as Adrian suggests, or Saint Ingvar, as Rudy is trying to make us believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carlos in Abilene. What say you?
11: I goes Saint Eric. <laughs>
2: St.
4: Eric, Survey
11: says.
4: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound Swedish at all. <laughs> is, there a, uh, is there an Ikea in Abilene? He's probably not course? Eric. He's probably not Eric. No, no. <laughs> no, no? Eric's probably not Swedish. Have
2: you ever had the, have you ever been to an Ikea where you've enjoyed their Swedish meatballs? I'm just curious. Where do you get your furniture? No. Mm-hmm. no. <laughs> he makes yeah. it. Like if there's no Ikea. You probably just. Everyone in Abilene
4: eat. just makes her own furniture. Nobody they, has furniture. Are you kidding
2: <laughs> me? They make the 10 hour journey to get to the Ikea to get the furniture. You guys out of your mind. <laughs> All right. Let's go to this, question number two. Good job. You could win now, Carlos. You're in the cup. Let's see if we can't double your chance here. We will go with uh, Adrian first on this next my one. my name. Uh, I have written that down someplace, but Wait, I have you, you forget I talk, lost though, it. You know. uh, could you tell me, uh, calling upon God to witness the truth of what we assert is called what? Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, the calling upon God. To witness the truth of what we assert is called an oath, an oath, an oath, and mm-hmm. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. the President of the United States makes mm-hmm. an oath no, before course. God. He does when he is sworn in. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Have you witnessed this yourself? At least he's yourself? supposed to. Have At least he's supposed would to. Would you prepare to with that hand? Uh-huh. And he stacks yeah. it on the Bible. Oh. And he makes an oath. Are you to prepared to make an oath to that
2: fact? Well, we'll find out. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what age, uh, Rudy has to say, Rudy. Could you tell me, uh, calling upon God to witness the truth of what we assert is called what? It's called a swear,
3: and you shouldn't do it. Really? Actually, Mm -hmm. you know very well. We're not allowed
2: to bring God into our swears. We're not allowed to swear. Nope. No. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I see. (laughs) Uh, Carlos, you have options. Uh, is calling upon God to witness the truth of what we assert is that a swear, as uh, Brother Rudy is telling us, or is it an oath, as Adrian suggests? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carlos, what say you?
5: I say no. Oath.
2: oath. You're gonna go straight it's up. No.
10: You notice know, you know, something interesting about Carlos?
2: Well done, Carlos. You're right. Huh? It is an oath. You know something interesting about Carlos that I've noticed so far, guys? What's that? Uh, he has admitted that Adrian is right without admitting Adrian is right.
4: Huh. It's masterful. I don't know. You
2: may be dealing with admitting someone at
4: genius level here. Saying the right answer is always I, the same. I to same. you right. Carlos
2: may be a hustler. I'm not sure. He could be masterful in his uh in his play here. So you're I, in I for two. I don't get it. You're in for okay. two, uh, Carlos. You could really win. Let's see if we can't get you to get this next one right. But I'm gonna be honest, it is the hardest of all three questions today. Uh, Easily the hardest question of the day. Uh, So what's the easiest question we've ever had in the Uh, history of the show? It is easily the hardest, and it's hardly the easiest. Are you ready, Carlos? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Very confident. I like that. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, what term is used for the election of a pope without casting ballots?
3: (laughs) Oh, man, what an absurd situation. Just think about it, right? I am. You're in the Sistine Chapel, Uh you're looking to the left, you're looking to the right, Mm -hmm. and you just say, well, let's just have a pontifical roulette.
2: Pontifical roulette, you say? Yep. So they spin a thing and a marble stops like, wow! Yep. It's absurd. Okay. It's only happened once. Absurd. That's one way to put it. All right. Uh, Adrian, could you tell me what term is used for the election
4: of a pope without casting ballots? Well, contrary to popular belief, the Holy Spirit does not choose the pope. What? Except uh-huh. on occasion. Normally, they elect by okay. ballots, and the new man chooses the pope. Yeah. But on occasion, there mm. is an election by inspiration. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Election mm-hmm. by inspiration, you say.
2: Hmm. All right, Carlos, I warned you, it's tricky. Uh, What is the term called when electing a pope without asking for ballots from cardinals? Is it, as Adrian says, the election by inspiration? Or Rudy says it's the pontifical roulette? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who's been to Vegas? Carlos, what say you? Couldn't
6: go with Adrian. Oh, wow.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You could go with Adrian. What a brilliant man. (laughs) Clearly, Carlos (laughs) is a handsome, intelligent, (laughs) genius level intellect right there. Genius
2: level. Carlos, congratulations. Perfect score. The correct answer is election by inspiration. Well done, sir. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, Carlos. Thank you. We're going to put you on hold and uh, have a, a wonderful day, whatever it is you're doing today. We're going to be praying for you. But that's going to do it for the radio side. If you would like the big news of my big retirement, you got to go to the after show or one of the live video
1: streams. We'll see you Thank there. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time
0: The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in
8: Corpus Christi, Texas.
6: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Dominic. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Come Thou Almighty King Help us Thy name to sing Help us to praise Father all-glorious Lord all-victorious Come and reign over us, ancient of days. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen.
6: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
11: Amen.
6: Lord, have mercy.
11: Lord, have mercy.
6: Christ, have mercy.
11: Christ, have mercy.
6: Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May Saint Dominic come to the help of your church by his merits and teaching, O Lord. And may he who was an outstanding preacher of your truth be a devoted intercessor on our behalf. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
11: A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. On the fifth day of the fourth month of the fifth year, that is, of King Joachim's exile, the word of the Lord came to the priest Ezekiel, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chabor. There the hand of the Lord came upon me. As I looked, a storm wind came from the north, a huge cloud with flashing fire enveloped in brightness, from the mist of which, the mist of the fire, something gleamed like electrum. Within it were figures resembling four living creatures that looked like this. Their form was human. Then I heard the sound of their wings, like the roaring of mighty waters, like the voice of the Almighty. When they moved, the sound of the tumult was like the din of an army, and when they stood still, they lowered their wings. Above the firmament, over their heads, something like a throne could be seen, looking like sapphire. Upon it was seated, up above, one who had the appearance of a man. Upward from what resembled his waist, I saw what gleamed like electrum. Downward from what resembled his waist, I saw what looked like fire. He was surrounded with splendor, like the bow which appears in the clouds on a rainy day, was a splendor that surrounded him. Such was the vision of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
6: Thanks be to God
11: Heaven and earth are filled with your glory
6: Heaven Amen. and earth are filled with, with your, your glory. glory
11: Praise the Lord from the heavens praise him in the heights praise him all you angel, his angels praise him all you his hosts Heaven, Heaven and, and earth, earth are filled with, with your glory. glory Like the kings of the earth and all peoples the princes and all the judges of the earth young men too, and maidens, old men and boys. Heaven Heaven and and earth earth are filled filled with with your glory. glory. Praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven.
6: Heaven Heaven and and earth earth are filled filled with with your your glory. glory.
11: And he was lifted up the horn of his people. Be this his praise from all his faithful ones. From the children of Israel, the people close to Him,
6: heaven and, heaven and earth, earth are, are filled with, with your, your glory.
11: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
6: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
11: God has called you through the gospel to possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ.
6: Hallelujah. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you.
11: And with your
6: spirit. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Matthew. to you, Lord. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he came into the house before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from foreigners? When he said, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the subjects are exempt. But that we may not offend them, go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up, open its mouth and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax give that to them for me and for you The gospel of the lord praise, praise to you, you lord jesus, jesus christ <clears throat> there's kind of two parts to this gospel <clears throat> the key to understanding that i think comes from the prayer the opening collect from the 19th sunday in ordinary time we were all perhaps we were all sleeping when that was prayed yesterday but it talks about that we would come to the perfection of the sons and daughters of God, that we are children of our Heavenly Father. That gives us a key because, well, in that first part, the disciples, first of all, they hear Jesus talking about the fact that the Son of Man will be handed over to men and that he will be killed, but somehow they must have just, it just went right over their heads that he was going to be raised on the third day because all they were filled with grief but the fact that the Son of Man, Jesus was going to go, was going to be killed, but they did not understand what resurrection from uh, from the dead meant. And so just sort of right over their heads that this was really going to be the glory of God. So they have to wait. It's kind of interesting that Jesus doesn't sit there and, and take the time to really explain it to them. He simply gives them those seeds of hope to say, this is what it's going to be like, and when it comes, you have to remember the fact that I will be raised from the dead on the third day. That will come. And then there's this really interesting, somewhat bizarre account of the temple tax. It's the only recounted in Matthew's Gospel. There's something that there's, we have to understand this one from a different translation, because in the current translation here, it says that Jesus asked that question of Peter, from whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax?" He says, and he asks them from their subjects or from foreigners, what it really says in the Greek and also in the Latin is that Jesus asked, do, they take the temp- do the kings take tolls or census tax from their sons or from others, meaning foreigners or aliens? And the fact that it is that he's strand that it is sons that's the key because Jesus well they're coming to take the temple tax, which comes from even from the book of Exodus from the Old Testament. That Moses had instituted this tax that was supposed to happen every time that they took the census. It was a half shekel. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was there to support the temple, to to support the the, the tent of meeting, and of course to in what came the temple and also the priests there. But by taking the tax, it basically is saying that Jesus is a foreigner, that he does not belong. But he is the one who, by right, belongs in the temple. It is his father's house. And so, but Jesus says, you know, well, let's not offend them to go and and to get this coin, because in some ways, Jesus, of course, being the Son of God, is his proper place to be in his Father's house, and yet Jesus is a bit of a foreigner. He has come in our likeness, in the likeness of human nature, but then there's something completely different about him because he's God. You know, so he's like us, and yet completely, he is a bit of a foreigner. He's sort of outside our, our, our normal, our normal life. So we always struggle with that battle between Jesus being true God and true man. He's truly taken on, taken on heart humanity, but then he's so other because he's God. And so we will always struggle with putting these together. But Jesus is basically saying that they do not recognize him as, as a son of the king. They don't recognize him as the king and they don't recognize him as the priest either. And we know because, of, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, that Jesus is the true prophet, the true priest, and the true king. And then, of course, there's this even more bizarre thing that happens where Jesus tells Peter to go throw a hook in the line, or throw, throw a hook in the water and take out the first fish, and then in that fish will be this coin. Now, if you ever walk into a place and you see a sign that says, "Fish Tales told here," Peter would definitely, definitely takes the cake. <laughs> this one is out, it would definitely be the biggest fish story you'd ever hear. Maybe maybe Jonah might take the cake too, but to throw in that line, and there it is, a coin that is worth double the temple tax, which then could pay for both of them. Because the temple tax was there as, uh, as expiation. It was a, a way of ransom for the people of God, for the children of Israel. And so this was, Jesus is saying that, I'm going to pay that ransom for you, and it is by, by my life, by, by my death and resurrection. And so Jesus is basically reminding us of the glory that we have as the sons and daughters of God. We belong in the Father's house because we belong to Jesus. And so we don't have to pay the temple tax, of course, because it is only for foreigners, so those who are outside. But we are sons in the Son. And so that response, the, the hallelujah verse, God has called you through the gospel to possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ speaks it plainly to us. May we live in that glory, truly coming to the perfection of being called sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, for that is what we truly are. Let's stand and offer our prayers and intentions before our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for the Holy Church of God. Let's pray for our Holy Father and for His intentions. We pray to the Lord. Let us pray for peace throughout the world. Let us pray, too, that all of our those who govern us would be concerned for the most vulnerable, but always respect life from conception to natural death. We pray to the Lord. Lord,
11: hear our prayer.
6: Today, in this memorial of St. Dominic, we remember, we remember all of our Dominican brothers and sisters. They may be faithful to the charism that has been given to them by their founder. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: Let us pray for an abundance of vocations to the priesthood, religious life, and holy marriages. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: May our calling, as in the glory of Jesus Christ, to be sons and daughters of God, be perfected in us, we pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: We pray for the sick and those who are suffering, those who are in need of God's healing power and his his presence, we pray to the Lord.
11: Lord,
6: hear our prayer. Finally, remember those who have died, and for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. For all those who are joining us from online and through Guadalupe Radio, for those who are enrolled in our Soul Mass Association, for their intentions, we pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
6: Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Yes. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, who will become for us the bread of life.
11: Blessed be God God forever.
6: Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands, become our spiritual drink. Blessed
10: be God
6: forever. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
11: May the Lord accept your sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name,
6: for our good and good of all his holy church. Attend mercifully to the prayers we offer you, O Lord, by the intercession of St. Dominic and through the great power of this sacrifice, strengthened by the protection of your grace, those who champion the faith through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And
11: read your
6: spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
11: It is right and
6: just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, It is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints we praise you as without end we acclaim Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, gloria Tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini. Hosanna with St. Dominic and with all the saints in whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is Yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi. This is the steward, faithful and prudent, whom the Lord set over his household to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Let us pray. May your church, O Lord, receive with wholehearted reverence the power of this heavenly sacrament by which we have been nourished on the commemoration of St. Dominic. And may your church, having flourished by means of his preaching, be helped through his intercession through Christ our Lord.
11: Amen.
6: The Lord be with you.
11: And with you, Spirit.
6: Bow down for the blessing. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And may the blessing, of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. To Jesus Christ, our Sovereign King, Who is the world's salvation? All praise and honor. The prayer to St. Michael.
3: St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who
2: prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen.
11: I peace always in the name of Christ our Lord, Amen.
10: Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the
4: Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
7: This is Jose,
6: and this is Rosa, and we're from St. Elizabeth and Seton.
7: You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio, Radio for your soul. soul.